Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing CIC issue number 122, the gospel as the true armor of God. You can find that at the website CICministry.org. Now, last week, we started talking about prayer. Do you want to just give us a little recap of that, and then we'll get into the material we have for today? Yes, I, I, I would love to do that. You see, in Ephesians, what Paul actually says is pretty simple and straightforward compared to all the teachings that, out there that Christians typically hear and read and buy and so on. Okay, And so prayer, in the context of spiritual warfare, is prayer for boldness. Okay. Remember one of the pieces of armor was gospel readiness? So... Spiritual warfare is about God delivering people from the domain of Satan, the authority of Satan, and transferring them into his kingdom. It's removing them from spiritual darkness and bringing them into light. Okay? So what we need, if we want to do spiritual warfare, which we do, we have to, we need pray for gospel boldness, okay? Right. Paul asked for that prayer, and we all need it. So prayer for boldness to proclaim the gospel is not the same as praying different prescribed sayings, or uh, really the pagans would call them incantations, invocations, incantations. And so many teachers have laid out material that would turn Christian prayer into something that's essentially pagan. Okay. And the concern that they have is, well, you're not really as free as you should be. And maybe there's a curse. Maybe there's a demon. Maybe there's a territorial spirit. Maybe you gave ground to Satan. And so there's a perpetual uh, fear in many cases of, well, I did something wrong. That's why I have problems. But that's not the point. The point is that we're transferred out of Satan's kingdom. And as we have shown you, we're called to stand. Yes. To stand firm in what God has done for us. And then prayer, as we'll show you in a, a future episode, is about praying to God and asking really, for the return of Christ. And then he'd give us what we need in the meantime. Amen. Because as long as we're in this era, we are still in a realm where the world is under the power of darkness. Christians are outsiders because we've been delivered out of that darkness. And we're living in the realm of the light of the gospel. And we're living for Christ. And we're in a totally different spiritual kingdom than everybody else. Okay. So that's the situation. So what we need is boldness. Why do we pray for boldness? Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. Because it's easy to be intimidated. It, it really is. It right. really is. And I know people have even said to me over the decades, well, how could it be that you're right and everybody else is wrong? 
well, that's not my claim. My claim is that this is what the Bible teaches, and you can search that for yourself. I'm right. not right because I am whoever I am. I'm only right if I tell you the truth from Scripture. Okay. And that you can search, okay? Read it, look at it. And it doesn't really say what it says. Read Ephesians 6. Does it really tell us to stand and stand firm all of those different times? Well, yes, it does. Did Paul ask for prayer for boldness? Yes. Do we need boldness? Yes. Does God transfer people out of the domain of, of darkness or Satan into the kingdom of his beloved son? Yes. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Uh, Acts 26, 18. You can look it up. That's exactly right. Okay. And furthermore, if you read Ephesians, is there anything that says, well, even if you're a Christian, even if you're saved, your sins are forgiven, you're under Christ, you still have to go back and manipulate the past or some curse is going to come on you. Oh, dear. Well, no, it doesn't say that. Why? Right. Because Ephesians 1, 3 says we're blessed and not cursed. That's right. It's one or the other. It's one or the other, but not according to the popular teachers. So it isn't whether I'm right and everybody's wrong. That's not the point. The point is some ideas are right because they're biblical and others are false because they're unbiblical. And that you can decide by being Bereans and searching the scriptures to see if these things are true. All right. Okay. So having said that, I want to talk about what we wrote about here. Okay. So Neil Anderson, and uh, which we've talked about before, he says that Christians need to pray for God to remind them of their past sins. And then he pre gives prescribed prayers of renunciation to be repeated. Okay. Wow. So why am I bringing that up? Well, here, if you look at this book, and we've shown it before, but maybe some of you are new. Notice it says on the top, over 1 million sold. Mm -hmm. The bondage breaker. Wow. Well, I'm going to show you what's in here. We've done some of this in past episodes. But this one, I want to look at particularly what he says about prayer. Okay. And I would uh, argue that Neil Anderson's approach to prayer is essentially pagan. All right. I'm not saying he doesn't really believe in G Jesus as he's revealed in the Bible, but how he goes about this is essentially pagan. Now, let me give you some evidence for that. Okay. Here's a question for our listeners and watchers, as, as you, if you're watching on YouTube. Do we need to have a person-specific approach to being delivered from the kingdom of darkness? I would say no. There's one. There's one approach. Isn't it? It's the gospel. Yeah. In other words, coming from the realm of darkness into light through the gospel, as described in the Bible, in Ephesians, in Acts, in 1 John 5, and in Colossians 1, it's true for whoever comes to Christ. Okay. So let me just ask this question to our listeners. Does it ever say, well, you need to do a self-inventory and ask God to reveal 
sins of your past so that you can specifically figure out which ones need to be renounced and which curses need to be broken and what inroad the demons still have into your life, even though you're no longer in their realm. Does the Bible actually prescribe a detailed process that is specific to what sort of sinner you used to be? Absolutely not. No. So I don't get it. All right. Why? Why is this selling? Because you would think that if people knew the gospel of the Bible, it wouldn't, people would just reject that in a second. It seems like in general, people just like to have something to do. It's, it's somehow more comforting to have a checklist where they can say, okay, I've done this. I've done that. I've done the other thing. It, it is less comfortable to just say, let's rest in the promises of God, but that's exactly what we need to do. Right. When I wrote that article some years ago about means of grace, I started out with a story of the pagan Naaman who came and wanted to get free of leprosy. And he was offended okay. because the prophet didn't give him some big process. Right. And so you can read that article, but let me just show you the process approach. Now this is for Christians, all right? Okay. And on page 235 of this book, Yale Anderson said, further counseling help may be necessary to find complete healing and freedom in these other areas. Now, it has lists of things that you can check off. And I, I, my notations have to do with things that just about anybody would have to deal with. And so I went through here. You can see that. Let me read some of those. Okay. Uh, quarreling, fighting, complaining, criticism, gossip, apathy, laziness, anger, lustful thoughts, procrastination, greed, and then one for others. So basically, were you a person? Yeah, were you human and <laughs> were you in the flesh? Right. Okay. And the list is so ubiquitously uh, applicable that even yeah. any Christian, we don't have our glorified bodies. We're not sinlessly perfect. So you could continually think, well, I had an envious thought. I wish I had a better car like my neighbor has. Yeah. Or I got angry. Or I procrastinated. I didn't get things done as soon as I should have. Wow. I should have been cleaned two days ago or a week ago. I just didn't get to it. So now you've got all this stuff you got to deal with. So you have to pray a prescribed prayer once you go through the checklist. All right. Okay. Here's what you pray. Lord, I confess that I have committed the sin of, and then you list, well, I can't imagine you wouldn't have to list most of these or a lot of them. Okay. Thank you for your forgiveness. So you name the sin. Thank you for forgiveness and cleansing. I now turn away from the sin and turn to you, Lord. Uh, strengthen me by your Holy Spirit to obey you in Jesus' name. Well, there's nothing wrong. That's, yeah, we turn away from sin and we ask God for strength. Okay. You got the checklist. 
So then what's going to happen next week? I think you're going to have to pray through the same checklist again, because. And, and again, and again, you're never going to be convinced you're free. Right. Okay. So this isn't how the Christian life was practiced according to the Bible. Means of grace are accessible. They're not hopelessly complicated. And by me saying that I disagree with Anderson, I'm not saying that, oh, go ahead and be angry and lustful and jealous or whatever it is. Uh, but that's just what it's like living in this world, and we need to walk in the Spirit. Okay. So that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians talks about that. And we do that through means of grace. We believe the promises of God. But according to Anderson, you do it through this complicated process that you'll have you going back to the counselors forever and ever. Yes. Renounce this, pray this, renounce this, pray that. Frankly, okay, I don't know motives. I don't know what makes this Neil Anderson tick other than a lot of really bad understanding of the gospel and Christ and what it means to live by faith in the promises of God. But whether intended or not, he ends up with a system that really reminds me of Roman Catholicism. Okay. Go through you the go, prescribed motions. You go, of, you say, go do your penance. <laughs> yeah. You do this, you pay, you do your penance, you say this, you do that. Yeah, it's different because here you just go directly to God, but you're just endlessly doing these things. Now, it gets worse. Okay. I'm going to just keep going through this part of Anderson here. I'm on page 235. Now, listen to this. Now, as the Lord brings to your mind every wrong sexual use of your body, whether it was done to you, it has a list of things that may have happened to you, or by you, a list of sexual sins, um, renounce every occasion. All right, now, okay. the list is such that this is going to be applied to everybody. Yeah. Every human who ever lived on the earth. And so you can't remember every occasion. Uh, it, it's just awful. Notice this. Well, let, let, me, let me just read this, okay? I want people to realize how hopeless this is going to make people. Okay. Lord, I renounce, and then in brackets, name the specific use of your body, obviously the sexual manner, in the wrong way, with name any other person involved within the bracket. I ask you to break that sinful bond with, and then a name. Now, this is that teaching on soul ties. I was just going to ask if that was what he was getting at. Yeah, he doesn't call it that because somebody else probably published books that use soul ties. I maybe he calls it somewhere. Uh, but now you have, you know, somebody had a really, really bad life. Look at some of the people in the Bible that Jesus saved. Yeah. And prostitutes, harlots. Mm -hmm. They were cleansed by Christ. Did, did they have to go some process? Well, Jesus must have forgot to tell them that if that was the case. Well, of course he didn't because it isn't the case. Right. And, uh, someone who was really in a really bad moral condition before salvation probably couldn't remember the names of all the different people. Yeah. So they're going to be hopelessly under soul ties. 
and full of fear that something's going to come and get them. Okay, right. This is not once for all. This isn't what the Bible says, that the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from sin, that God has forgiven us, that we're new creatures in Christ. And I, I'm reading this. I, I hadn't read this for probably a couple of decades. And then somebody gave me a, a copy of it. I think I got rid of some of I didn't get rid of most of my heresy library because it, it was too many books. And the <laughs> There's just so like, much. <laughs> yeah. So somebody had given me this one, and I, I didn't realize the guy had sold a million of these. But so that's if you really had a bad past, then you got to do that. But but don't worry. If you did things well, you have a prayer for that too. Drivenness and perfectionism. Oh, no. Lord, I renounce the lie that my self-worth is dependent on my ability to perform. I renounce the truth that my identity and sense of worth is found in whom, no, I announce my self-worth. By the way, you know what all this is going to do? Get your what? focus on yourself. Exactly. What's God telling me I did wrong is causing the curse? Oh, I'm doing well. Now I'm trying to build up my self-worth. I, I sinned. No, I'm doing well. I sinned. No, I'm doing well. You're, <laughs> okay, you're cursed no matter what happens. You're not, where are you going to find stability? And is there anything this convoluted prescribed in the Bible for Christians? Absolutely not. No way. So uh, why not just believe the promises of God, trust Christ, be, the means of grace are accessible, the word of God, the Lord's Supper, we go in Christian fellowship, we go to the throne of grace and we find timely help, Hebrews 4, 16. And now what is all this? And why did a million people buy this? They like, honestly, they like having something to do. It do makes this, them this, feel this, like they accomplished something. Right. But you see the same thing on um, logically faulty TV commercials. Yes. Somebody comes on, says, I took all these little pills of whatever in there, some secret nutrient or whatever, and I haven't had a cold for two years. Right. But see, that's logical fallacy. Okay. You may not have had a cold for two years, but then somebody that does nothing but eat Big Macs and drinks Coca-Cola can be put on TV and say, well, I haven't had a cold for two years. Well, therefore, we should all eat Big Macs and drink Coca-Cola. Because the logical fallacy is that there's more than one possible uh, cause for the same observed outcome. Yeah. Some people are just flat out healthy. Right. So, but it's a logical fallacy. But this is creating in the minds of Christians logical fallacies. Okay. In the sense that my present well being vis a vis God is determined by me going through all these processes and uh, figuring out how to engineer and reconstruct my past and say prayers to renounce this, that, and everything else until something else comes to mind. And so you have affirmations, renunciations, 
prescribed prayers. We don't need prescribed prayers. We just need to know what prayer is and go to the throne of grace. Right. Okay. And so then just about everything you can imagine. Here's what, this is something that I'm really concerned about. And I wanted to cover that today. Now okay. I'm on 240. And this shows you that ultimately it's utterly hopeless. If you get into the inner healing, spiritual warfare process, you might as well know right now it's hopeless. Okay. Because you'll be spinning your wheels endlessly. Okay. Let me show you why. Here, let me just read a paragraph and then show you what he does with it. He talks about ancestral sins. Because of the fall, Neil Anderson says, you are genetically predisposed to certain strengths and weaknesses and are influenced by the physical and spiritual atmosphere in which you are raised. I want to stop right there. No, the problem with the fall is Adam. Yes. And it's not person-specific. All humans came dead in Adam. Yep. Ephesians 2.1, 1 Corinthians 15.22. So right away, this is nonsense. So it's trying okay. to tell us we have to figure out what's different about one son or daughter of Adam compared to some other son or daughter of Adam. Right. But the whole issue is, are you still in the first Adam or now are you in Christ, the last Adam? Exactly. Well, what I'm telling you is really simple compared to what you've been hearing. Yeah. Okay? Now, let's go on. These conditions, says Anderson, can contribute toward causing someone to struggle with a particular sin. Ask the Lord to show you specifically, he says, what sins are characteristic of your family by praying the following prayer. And I'll quote it. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to reveal to my mind now all the sins of my ancestors that are being passed down through family lines. I want to be free from the, those influences and walk in my new identity as a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. And the Whoa. So, so we're asking for secret knowledge that we can't even know whether or not it's true. Good point, Jessica. The, you, you get it. That's the problem. Yeah. So I wrote in the margin as I was reading this, uh, tempting God. Right. Because does God want us to gain secret information? that can't be known by any ordinary means? Nope. We've mentioned Deuteronomy 29, 29 many, many times, and it still applies. Right. And we don't know necessarily what everything, any ancestor, many unknown to us, and they usually go back to three or four generations. That's where they get this teaching. Okay. Okay. So we don't even know, but so that's why you got to get secret information, not known by any ordinary means. Right. It's not given in the Bible. Okay. It can't be found just by the ordinary means of knowing, because that's why he says, ask for some revelation. Well, this, dear ones, please just think of the implications. If this is true, do you know what 
will happen. If you go by the list he lays out, and just ordinary life, envy or anger or anything that we, we would do, thoughts that aren't from God. As long as we're still in the flesh, we, we have these issues. Right. What we need is the resurrection, the return of Christ. In the meantime, we have forgiveness and the means of grace. And it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Okay. So do you want to walk by faith, knowing the blood of Jesus is cleansing you? Or do you want to go through this? And now you got to get secret revelations. And the oh. next time you have some other kind of problem, which you'll have more of if you're focusing on self. Okay. Minding of the flesh bringeth death. Um, and then he, look at evil. Now, now you got to write it down. I don't know. You can't probably see this, but there, there's all the blank spots there after this prayer. As the Lord, says Anderson, brings these areas of family sin to your mind. By the way, these are things about, you didn't know about until you got a personal revelation. List them below. You will be specifically renouncing them later in this step. And so then okay. you list what just now came into your mind about some family sin that you didn't really know about. It may never have happened. Okay. By the way, there was a whole rash of this. There were lawsuits. Now, I'm going to talk about it specifically about Neil Anders, but in this sort of counseling. Yeah. People had things come to their mind that never happened about real people in their family and then went to a counselor and said that it happened. Wow. And it was something illegal and the person was arrested. Wow. Like a father. And mm -hmm. then in one case, this happened down in Florida some decades, a couple of decades ago or three, back in the eighties, I think the, the person whose life was ruined was able to prove that it was all false. Good. But you can't do this. Right. His life was still ruined. You're opening yourself to get things in your mind that probably never happened. Yeah. And if they did, only the blood of Jesus, if it's something that's criminal, then it needs to be dealt with. But this is ancestors you never knew since you don't know even happened. Right. Now you're listening to them all. Yeah. Here's what he says. After you list all these things that you just got by revelation. In order to walk free from the sins of your ancestors and any curses and assignments targeted against you, that would be by the demons, read the following declaration and pray the following prayer out loud. Remember, you have all the authority and protection you need in Christ to take your stand against such activity. Then, then now this is a declaration. I hear and now reject and disown all the sins of my ancestors. I specifically renounce the sins of, then it says list here the areas of family sin the Lord revealed to you. But it maybe never happened. Wow. Well, that is all a lot that we need to be very concerned about. Um, do you just want to give us a little wrap up for today? Yes. We have a choice. We can believe the simple gospel 
believe the promises of God, and stand firm in what God has already done for us. And trust that when Christ comes, we will partake in the re resurrection of the body. We will ultimately be perfected. We walk by grace through faith through this life by the means of grace that God's provided. Or we can go into that quagmire of trying to gain secret information. It's secret because you don't know it. You don't necessarily know who those ancestors were or anything these things really happened. And then you're listing them and you're praying these renunciations and affirmations and renounce, renouncing this and that that may never happen. And this, logically, logically, this process is endless. It is. Because you can never know when you're done. Because you might have into your mind another idea that something happened that maybe never happened. So I would say this. Don't listen to these false spiritual warfare and inner healing teachers. This isn't in the Bible. There's no processing of the past, identifying which demons, doing all this. It's not there. They have to find incidents and then weave together this worldview that's not really a biblical one to convince Christians that they have to go through all this. So just believe the truth. Stand firm. The armor of God is the gospel. It's not secret information. And so stand in what you know is true about the gospel. And then what we were going to want to do next time, I want to deal with the Lord's Prayer and just see what we learn about prayer. Because I think the idea of prayer is being abused and misused by a lot of false teachers. All right, we are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. If you want to contact us, you can reach us through the website, cicministry.org. Just click on contact, and we would always love to hear from you with any questions or comments. You can also find years worth of articles and our radio archives there, as well as different videos at cicministry.org. And we want to remind you to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week. 